welcome to another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Mr. 100% Chuck Bailey and Super Producer Ian Stimson. Chuck, you're lucky that we did not push on and record without you last week, otherwise I'd have to come up with a brand new nickname. Uh, Mr. 99.3%. It's not as catchy, is it? It's not as catchy. We're at episode 93, guys. 93 times we a good have year. sat down a good year. What? Yeah, 93 was a good year. Oh, why? I had a Barney-themed birthday party. Oh, cool. Um, some good... What what Disney movie was 93? That would have been Aladdin? Lion, no, Lion King Lion, was 94, I'm 94. pretty sure. Yeah. So I think 93 would have been Aladdin, probably. Yeah, because Beauty and the Beast was 92. Right. And Little Mermaid was 89. Welcome down Chronological Disney Lane. <laughs> Oscar's offshoot podcast, which is coming, definitely. Yeah. He just lists things and years in which they happened and makes sure <laughs> they happen in chronological order. Well, you saw that breakdown of uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe in chronological scene-by-scene order. Oh, Jesus. That was We didn't hear from you for a good few days after that, Oscar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, it wasn't me. I have to admit that it was not me under a pseudonym or anything like that. That theory has been floated around online. There was mm. also the other guy who like Pixar the Marvel or something. No, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say the guy who did a extremely convoluted, multi-dimensional analysis of the Fast and Furious movies to rank which ones were the most fast and the most furious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw this, but he had like. 12, I want to say, categories that are, like, essential to a Fast and Furious movie, and he gave them ratings within those categories. It was, like, straight out of my Marvel spreadsheet, and I was reading it on Reddit, and I was like, this fucking guy gets it. This guy gets, like, loves Fast and Furious, loves spreadsheets. He is someone I would be very good friends with. Kindred spirit. Absolutely. Well, there we go. That's a good four minutes with no football. Uh, Football's back! Question mark? <laughs> Question mark. Question yeah. mark? Our rapid, rapid, rapid fire news is just got this one story this week because we're so excited about it. But cue up the jingle anyway. Premier League has decided on an official date to come back. We have a double game week to start off, so fantasy managers go ahead and set those reminders now. <laughs> oh, fuck off, fantasy football. <laughs> God. I had to yeah. reset my password the other day to see what, what was going on with it and what happened and realised I missed out on all those free transfers. <laughs> yeah, we should have been doing transfers with the pod team this whole time. Oh, yeah, we I forgot about the pod team. Jeez, that could be a fucking dumpster Assuming fire. Assuming we're going to do that. <laughs> What's it, two days to a game to a game week now? Yeah, it's better than a World Cup with the amount of games we're going to get. Oh, it's yeah. going to be thick and fast. For anyone that did miss the news, the Premier League clubs have voted to return on June 17, I believe. And they're going to be doing a match, at least one match every day of the week for six weeks. Some people are uh, just like appalled by that. Adam P., I think I remember seeing on his Twitter was like, this is too much. And some people like myself don't know what overindulge means. I was a, you know, like, there's a long history of stories on this podcast about how I have no sense of moderation whatsoever. (laughs) And the thought of watching that much football all back to back to back in a row, as much as I disagree that this football should be coming back, if it's going to be coming back anyway, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of it. I'm so fucking excited, boys. I mean, it's literally, it's like Friday night game, Saturday, four games, Sunday, four games, Monday, game, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, two games. All at different times, so you can watch all of them. 
None of this Saturday 3pm bullshit that Oscar hates. <laughs> oh no, I love the... The yeah. mini kickoffs and, of and Oscar, 10 a.m. Oscar loves it because it's only the pyramid. It's only the top of the pyramid. That's Correct. Actually That's doing right. Anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then I love a goal rush. So are no matches going to be played at the same time as each other? Have they spread it out so that like there's only yeah, ever every, one? Every, every match is staggered starts for everything. So yes, there's going to be no simultaneous matches. Many double game weeks, or they just play multiple games on the same pitch. I'm still down for that. You know, they had zero positive test results yesterday or two days ago in the in the Premier League. Mm. Which goes to show how many false positives there are in the data. Or false negatives, rather. <laughs> oh, dear. I feel like we've been painting you as a bit of a sort of doom-monger here. But then you say things like that, and it's just, just come on, there's been no... There's been I mean, no there's the statistical Restart. rate of a false negative on the, the COVID testing is like three times higher than other reliable tests like it's like one in four is a false negative or something insane i think it does depend on what testing system your country has correct yes Which, that's absolutely so true. i don't think the u.s ones are as like obviously there's false negatives false positive whatever over here but i think the u.s one is a bit yeah. <laughs> we've got a lot going on right now right chuck a lot going on oh to be clear, as the resident minority, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And if you're not on board, get the fuck out of our podcast listener base. We do not <laughs> want you. Can I say as um, resident, well, one-off <laughs> resident white people, <laughs> yeah. um, Black Lives Matter. And if you're a racist or a fascist or any sort of prejudice, literally unsubscribe <laughs> right now and get the fuck off. I'd like to think we've established enough <laughs> of a kind of yeah. theme throughout that no one would Hopefully do that. Hopefully a natural filter has happened already. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's only so many times I can say, well, it is nice to see some representation whenever there's a person in a movie. <laughs> Before your all lives matter, people are going to be fucked off. And exactly. Go, oh, They're like, Jesus oh, Christ. fuck that. Why is there a Hispanic black Spider-Man? I'm out. <clears throat> Why would they like that? No way. So anyway, oh, everything's crazy. Are you guys excited... Or obviously you are. To what number of excited from 0 to 13 are you for the return of the Premier League and to be able to watch matches again? 0 to 13? <laughs> obviously 15. It's just, yeah, it's ridiculously exciting to have it back. I mean, I wanted to address that actually, the the me painting you as a doommonger, because I've listened back to some of our recent episodes and uh, we have done that, definitely. I don't necessarily disagree with you that football shouldn't be coming back. I just think it's going to take... A, they're so hungry for the football to come back because of monetary reasons that it's going to take massive amounts of positive test results or teams being completely decimated before it happens. So I don't necessarily disagree with you that it shouldn't be happening, but I'm fucking excited if it comes back. I'm so looking forward to the World Cup Plus that we're getting. <laughs> it's going to be just games every day. I'm just so excited. I think I, I'm, I'm on like a, a third, naturally on a 13 out of 13 for the yeah. scale. Of, yeah, I, I couldn't let him have that as well. Of, of football coming back. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there is the factor that I've forgotten what it's like to support my team, which is what happens every <laughs> summer when there's no football or maybe there's transfers, etc. Since when do you support Palace anyway? Oh, you watch Jesus. Palace. I thought you seemed happy. I, I labour. I labour. <laughs> with it um and i also probably think we're gonna get about two games in and no yeah. more yeah, yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> not so, i mean germany enjoy it when it lasts kids germany's still going and it's been a few weeks i have to say i'm yeah. a little surprised by that although they have done a much better job 
yes. containing. <laughs> we're in a we're much further down the line Blah. on the on the curve, the flatten the curve curve. Yeah. Than you guys. <laughs> right? Like I think I just like five minutes ago saw the number that like the UK had like twelve hundred new cases today, and everyone else in Europe was like three hundred or something. Nineteen hundred. So. Yeah. Release the lockdown. <laughs> Send it's the kids good. back to school. Two thousand two hundred across twelve European countries combined. Uh, we got nineteen hundred. Uh, <laughs> Project restart will be fine. It's It'll coming on. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna be in full kit, Chelsea wanker. I do not fucking care. I will b- get my scarf off the wall and hang it back up later. My half and half scarf, just to piss Chuck off. Like whatever. I'm gonna go so fucking hard on this goddamn coming whatever we get of it Premier League season because I've been so fucking starved that you know. Even the Bundesliga, which I have to say, I don't. You guys haven't been watching the Bundesliga, right? I haven't. I I just can't be bothered to learn a whole sort of new load of players and stuff. Yeah. Plus Brexit. Plus Brexit. And Brexit. Yeah. So exactly. Just, yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, to- it's been delightful to watch the Bundesliga. It has reminded me, you know, to get a little less, I don't know, self jokey about myself for a second. <laughs> Words. Um, <laughs> this has provided a good opportunity to reflect. On like how I'm living my life and if I want to keep making a lot of the same choices I've been making, right? Like that's part of what's kind of kind of gone on in the last three, four months for everybody to a certain extent. Whether you want to face those questions or not, they've been kind of shoved to the front how of your brain. How does that relate to the Bundesliga? It very specifically relates to the Bundesliga because I decided that we don't really spend more than two seconds on some matches anyway. I'm fucking quitting Fantasy Premier League. I'm never playing that shit again. I'll finish out this season, but I'm done. done. I don't care about it. It makes me less happy. It makes me watch matches that I don't give a fuck about, like Burnley <laughs> versus Aston Villa. Because I'm like, oh, Jack Grealish got to get some points. And I'm <laughs> sitting there wasting two hours of my life watching a garbage soccer match between two teams I don't fucking this care about. This is the power play, Ian. This is the power play to try and change what the podcast is about. <laughs> yeah. He's trying yeah. to make us more pro-European, and that's not what we voted for. <laughs> no, 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 no. I would never Here do that to you guys. Pivot. Here comes the pivot. But I will definitely be watching Bundesliga every weekend. Well, not, I can't promise that, right? But like, I plan on it, because it's. I like the Bundesliga more than the Premier League, probably, on average. I just don't care about the teams. It's really fun. It's really, really fun. Why am I watching Aston Villa versus Burnley for two hours <laughs> when I could be watching Dortmund? <laughs> just run fast break after fast break and put up a ton of goals, like... Best league in the world, mate. <clears throat> yeah. No, I mean, I do believe that it is the best league in the world. Like, the average Premier League team will take down the average of any other. Just, just stop saying Burnley Aston Villa. Just <laughs> yeah. stop yeah, saying exactly. it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Don't judge us by our slowest races, all right? Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely going to like have a new approach to, like, fuck fantasy. Fuck garbage matches. I'm going to watch German League if there's a good match. I'm going to watch Premier League if there's a good match. And I'm going to live my fucking life. Like, let's go. Fair enough. Does this mean, like, me and Chuck have to be, like, the shit game correspondents? Are we the shit munchers? Oh, <laughs> come on. You guys watch, like, two matches a week anyway. <laughs> yeah, but now you're relegating me to watching Burnley Aston Villa. Get <laughs> <laughs> out. The ones we skip, we're like, do you care about this match? I don't care about this match. Okay, next, right? Like, yeah, we they're do never that every on TV here anyway. You're sitting in your ivory tower of, like, <laughs> oh, I get to pick and choose whatever game I watch, so when I have to watch Burnley Aston Villa, meh, meh, meh. We're just grateful that something doesn't <laughs> fall into a three o'clock Saturday slot. So you can actually speaking, fucking watch it. Speaking of which, with this whole, this might accelerate the situation out of that sort of Saturday 3pm because mm. uh, we've got 
what, Sky are putting a third of their games on free-to-air. BBC have got some games. Um, So, yeah, BBC have got four live games. Uh, So, you know, this might just accelerate this getting out of this Saturday 3pm situation. Streaming's going to become the norm. Premier League are going to do it anyway. IMG Productions are going to take over and everything's going to be destroyed. The pyramid is going to be destroyed. Exactly. Fuck yeah, let's burn it down, baby. Let's burn the whole world down and start over. I may be slightly extrapolated there, but yeah, it does seem like an acceleration might be happening. How do you go back? You guys got a taste of like watching quality matches on TV with the Amazon thing. Like, was that earlier? That was this season, right? That was earlier this season. Who knows? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was. Fucking <laughs> okay. And like now all of this is going to be on TV. Most of it you're going to be able to watch for free. Like, does this change the Premier League dynamics going forward? Is this a Pandora's box over there, you think? Like, you can't put that cat back in the bag? Yeah, it's impossible to go back to how it was. It, I mean, it was going that way anyway, because people were so impressed with the Amazon thing. There's literally no reason to do things in the traditional subscription way other than that's how it started, so it carries on like that. But things are changing now, and uh, you know it's... that's like the English motto. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, you're absolutely right. That's how it started. Why would we change? That's, that's absolutely right. But there's too much too much money floating around, and other companies and stuff now. And Amazon are going to try and probably up their um, packages next year. They were totally successful with it. Um, How much the, would you pay a year to watch the Premier League? To be able, like, let's say the Premier League launched their own streaming service with all ten matches every week. How much a year would you be willing to pay for that? All ten matches every week, because I mean that's yeah, that's obviously probably double what we've got on t- TV now. Uh, and to to get everything now, you've got to have Amazon Prime, you've got to have BT Sport, you've got to have Sky Sports, Fiverr. Good shout, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this, this isn't the bluffer, mate. You're not starting low. <laughs> oh, is that not? Oh, no, this isn't an auction. Again. <laughs> yeah, five pounds. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. To be honest, um, I'd like it all to be just wrapped up into my Amazon Prime. Can that? Can that? Happen? <laughs> what if they came to you and said uh, four hundred pounds for the year, for the whole year, every match? Yeah, I probably would. That that sounds about right. I reckon. Chuck's like five pounds, still five pounds. Yeah, it's just sticking hard on five pounds, yeah. Yeah. Between my cable subscription, which I wouldn't have cable if it wasn't to be able to watch the Premier League every weekend live, but between the cable subscription and then NBC added this stupid gold thing that you have to pay for to get for goal rush access and like two, three matches a weekend. Usually it's shitty matches, but right, though Chelsea will be on there like twice a year, so I just pay for it. But mm. I think between those two things, I'm probably spending... Like, I don't know, five six hundred dollars a year. Yeah, which is probably about four hundred pounds, right? Give or take. Yeah, probably. Mm. Uh, I think, and this is why, like, with that sort of money floating around, this is why I think, unless it absolutely collapses, they will push this through as hard as they can. Do they not realize that they could make a ton more money? Like, who the we've pre- talked about this, right? There's political forces at play preventing. Premier League's all about money, mate. That's why they formed their own league 28 years ago. So, like, why aren't they then? It's weird that they're not airing more, right? So, well, like, what's lot, I mean, a lot of it goes with what you sort of took the piss out of us for, quite rightly, of something working so you just don't mess with it. You know, Sky was so instrumental in the creation of the Premier League. Mm. They put a ton of money into the infrastructure to the point of even when other companies had a go, 
uh, like Satanta Sport <laughs> and and other other companies. <laughs> and went once bust. they yeah exactly once they collapsed. Other companies like ESPN came in, but they were using all Sky people, all Sky equipment. Like it, it, Sky are just so ingrained into all of it. But I think I think it's just been an infrastructure thing, and I think that's going away now. IMG, uh, the Premier League production company, are doing so much of their own stuff yeah. for worldwide and everything. Um, I think gradually when deals, I don't I don't know really if it depends if because there's inflation because of Amazon. And there was rumours that Google and Facebook and people like that were going to come in for it as well, that it never really transpired in the end, but it might do in the future. If that keeps prices of packages going up, they might say, we can still make more money selling it to these companies who then package it and sell it on. But if they think they can make more money with it from a direct subscription model, then they'll do it. But I don't know if the inflation of the pack because the TV packages have just gone up and up crazily every year. Yeah. So it's mm. it's meant that it's still been worth it for the Premier League to go. Yeah, fuck it. You, we don't have to invest in a huge amount of infrastructure. And they've you already do done. They've already done something. Sky themselves, like with the Now TV passes. Like you've got, you yep. can buy a day pass effectively for Sky Sports, like twenty four hours for seven pounds. You can yep. buy an entire weekend for fourteen, fifteen pounds, and you can buy a month for twenty seven, which basically works out the price of what a Sky package would cost if you had a digital TV subscription anyway. Because obviously a lot of people now, like I only got digital TV in the last year and a half because of the way like working with my job and using streaming services and that, it was just never cost effective mm. for the amount of using it. Whereas now we do. Is so, digital TV like cable TV? Is that what we yeah, would call yeah, cable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like obviously you have all the different add-ons and packages, etc. and Sky Sports is its own thing. But through Now TV, which is their streaming service, you can buy separately as well so they they are kind of doing that and trying to figure out the way and i've done that on occasion like when there's been a a weekend where i know i'm going to be off work and i know i'm going to be able to watch all of those games and their great games like i've paid 14 pound for a weekend and because i know then like stretched over a whole month you know i'm not paying the the extra 30 pound a month every single month to not watch stuff right 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 right. so they they already kind of do that but but obviously you uh, I think exactly what Ian said. They must. They know what they're doing. They created it. They're gonna be making tons of money off of it, and and they're looking at any way they can to be able to show more of it, so that they can charge more for it. Right. That's the key to me. Is that there's just so many people in England who, if you went up to them and were like, "Give me a hundred pounds, you can watch the Premier League this year," they would pull that out of their pocket that fucking moment right there. And there's so many people that they're passing up that money on. That like that just don't have the option. It's just not on TV over there. It's just so much easier to watch the Premier League in other countries that aren't England. Yeah, which is insane to me. But exciting times ahead. Uh, why don't you guys throw me? I'm putting you on the spot here. One crazy prediction for what happens if Project Restart comes back. If Project, I, I, I uh, the way things are going in this green and pleasant land. Um, you mean Earth? Yeah, I think it'll be, we'll probably get about two weeks in and it'll be over and then they'll deal with the whole ending the season. Chances are the teams that are meant to get relegated won't get relegated. Liverpool will get the title and that's what will happen. They're just trying to eke two more games out so Liverpool will actually win it. Yeah, yeah, that's just what they want. They're like, guys, please, just, yeah. just give <laughs> it, it to such them. A pain. And then we can just end <laughs> this and then we can just fuck off the shit teams. Yeah, I say this because Palace... 
aren't getting relegated, so it's fine. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Pals for Europe, baby. We're still in. I'm still. I believe <laughs> it's still possible. This is the annoying thing when we come back. But there is also the situation that our manager won't be allowed to be there. Yeah, <laughs> got to shield him. <laughs> <laughs> That's my crazy prediction. Him. You know what? Fuck it. That's my crazy prediction. Pals for Europe. Pals for Europe. Oh, God, I thought you were going to say something much worse. Oh, God, it's pre-season again. (laughs) I thought you were going to say Hodgson dies. (laughs) Oh, God. Football-related, dude. Football-related. Oh, okay. Pals makes a late run, snatches the last European spot. Not Champions League, obviously. Fair. Uh, My prediction would be that um, Kevin De Bruyne has been enjoying lockdown so much that he continues to balloon in weight. He has packed on some timber and I'm loving it. (laughs) And ends the season like Yokozuna or something. (laughs) It's going to be absolutely (laughs) huge. It's it's tough to go back from, from lockdown ways. It's tough to go back. I don't blame him, man. The fucking snacks are great in this apartment. I'm the one buying them, so I have really good taste in snacks and they're just always here. It's always there. That's the problem. Especially if you go for a big shop and you're hungry, you buy all these snacks, you're like, well, I know I bought these because I want them. So, right. Like, you have to buy even more just so that you don't eat them all in one day. You have to buy an overwhelming amount of candy <laughs> to keep in the house. Unbelievable. Amount. Well, it's, it's t- tough too because, like, I'm not trying to go out every week. I'm trying to minimize my exposure to the outside world. So, mm. when I go grocery shopping, I'm buying three weeks worth of groceries. But then I eat three weeks worth of snacks in the next two days. And then I have no snacks until the next time we go grocery shopping. And then I, it's just a vicious cycle. <laughs> Sounds like you're single-handedly keeping the economy going, though. So well done. Yeah, yeah me and Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> so let's transition out of that. We're all, I think, at a 13 or higher out of 13 <laughs> for the Premier League to come back. So let's go back. We didn't. We need to finish up, gentlemen. A segment that we started... To take it back, 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 way back to two weeks ago. And Chuck, why don't you explain for the people what we were doing? At the behest of uh, producer Nate Whittam, uh, who sponsors us as a, at the producer level on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash pod, going over the current trope that was, well, current, I say now, this is like a million years ago now. We're so <laughs> past it. Um of people asking their girlfriends to run out uh, a fantasy 11, we decided to come up with our own 11 based on our own suggestions. So kind of putting forward the cases. And so far, uh, our team in goal, we have uh, the one and only David Seaman, Peterborough legend. Uh, <laughs> I love right... the way, yeah, that's what most people think when they think David Seaman, Peterborough legend. Instantly. Inst- yeah. What else do you think? From Rotherham, tick. <laughs> Peterborough. Done. Ponytail. <laughs> Oscar doesn't know where either of those places are. Um, at right I know back. Peterborough. <laughs> Peterborough. Oh, lovely. That was a beautiful pronunciation. At right back, we had uh, Philip Lahm. Our centre-back pairing was Sergio Ramos and Vincent Company. Left back, the bullet man, Roberto Carlos. And then a midfield three of Frank Lampard, Paul Gascoigne, and ya 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 Torre, not Colo. Um, so yeah. The more I thought about that, the more I love it. It's a great fucking team. It's great. I listened back to the pod again the other day, and I was like, oh oh, hello. And this is where we're gonna fuck it all up. So we decided to go for a bit of a four three three. 
so I guess left wing, right wing striker. No, I haven't done that. No, I didn't do that. Um, I've just gone three all out strikers. Oscar's probably used the time to change his suggestions in order to maximise his potential to get players in the team. Correct. I took all Chelsea players out of my suggestions. Uh, so you'll be happy to know that I'm not just going to say Drogba when it comes to strikers, even though it should be. And one of you should fucking say Drogba. Well, I'm not going to say Drogba. You should say Drogba. Um, if you want to, if you want to do it, do it right, right. Uh, as do George Michael me. said, oh, I think. Um, you got Frank Lampard, mate. So fair. Yeah, that was it, and I campaigned for that. So, how do we want to start? Left wing, right wing, or front man? <laughs> I told or you, I've three got three strikers. strikers so. Or are we going centre attacking mid and two strikers? Bug them all in the pot. See what happens. I'm um, not not like one of your parties, mate. <laughs> right, Ian. First name out. Go on then. Give us, give us a name. Um, slight deference to Oscar here, in a way. Uh, uh, Miroslav Closer. Ooh, ooh. Okay. His scoring record for uh, clubs and Germany was unbelievable. Uh, Germany never lost a game where he scored. Uh, top scorer in the World Cup. Um, assists in his game as well good sort of you know hold up play could always bring people in he's also I felt like I should balance out Sergio Ramos's shithousery a little bit this guy is a <laughs> fair play you know modicum of fair play <laughs> he's admitted to referees before when he scored with his hand uh, something that you know Maradona never did and uh, refused penalties <laughs> that had been given in his favour when he said it wasn't a, wasn't a foul but um, great player to watch as well and, and played in a sort of unbelievable amount of tournaments for Germany sort of at, yeah he, he did he made four World Cups yeah, yeah. which is how he got that, that yeah. you always find that with the top scorers it's when they just hit their first World Cup like yeah, you just right have time. to be the right age yeah, it's, just, it's just luck really to then get four World Cups that was the disappointing thing too about there were many disappointing things about Germany's last World Cup effort, <laughs> which we yeah. recorded about. And, and UEFA Nations League. Yep, go ahead and <laughs> listen forget. back to our first like 30 episodes and you'll hear me being very sad about Germany a bunch of times. But <laughs> not, among the storylines going into that World Cup was Thomas Muller. Five World Cups yeah. in the previous two, or rather five goals in the previous two World Cups. So if he had done anything decent, assuming that he'll get... Would have had 18 and the next one when he'd be at the tail end of his career. Mm. He had two World Cups to score five goals after scoring 10 in his first two to try to make a run at closest record. And obviously, that didn't go so well. <laughs> so so that's kind of shot, you know, in its tracks, dead in its tracks. But uh, closer having the four and really, really turning it on in his first couple was huge. Because I think he only got one or two goals in the in 2014. He was mostly as a sub, but I, I remember buying his jersey knowing that he was gonna, <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay, I'm going in on this. I'm not waiting. I'm, I believe in this shit, and I'm buying it and wearing it the, during the 2018 World Cup, and I was wearing that, you know, that jersey was a really nice jersey, and I had Close's name on the back, and I wore it every day for a fucking month or whatever. That's <laughs> what you can say about a German team. They have had some good kits. <laughs> I love a black and white kit. It's the best you're going to give him in it. <laughs> Pretty much. Was it the 2006 kits that had like loads of like the Adidas ones that had like the multicolored section around the midriff? No? 
It was stripes. It wasn't multicolored sections. It had like wavy stripes in different colors. Yeah, it was. It was like a almost like an oval around the front of the body, and there were like six different countries that had it as their away yes. kit. Mm-hmm. And it was the flag was the design, but it was a white. Like I think Argentina had it. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, mm-hmm. all the best kits from that World Cup. <laughs> uh, that was great. Uh, I the only real thing I remember of him uh was that when he did break the record he tried to do a front flip and he messed it up yep <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he fell on his ass but he was uh yeah oh that's surprised me there but wait you've got three strikers haven't you yeah yeah okay <laughs> I did, you know okay so oscar give us a suggestion mate for one of your front three that you've been tinkering with this whole time all right, well, speaking of World Cups, I'll go with another sentimental World Cup pick. And this is someone who, for various sort of external reasons, never really had a go in the European leagues, um, but was an MLS All-Star and an on-loan All-Star in January on a couple of stints in Landry the Premier Donovan. League. And it is the one, the only Captain America, the original Captain America, or the second Captain America, I guess, but the first one in real life. And that is Landon Donovan. Yes. America's still... Amazing. I love it. You had two extra weeks to think of this. I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Dude, I I can't not throw Lando up there. Like, the most goals in U.S. men's national team history, I believe, like, second for assists. Not saying much. Um, He, like, he famously fought, had an ongoing battle throughout his career with depression. And with mental health issues, he took a break from the game. He retired early because of it. Um, and he never felt like, I don't know, the way he's talked about it afterwards, he never felt emotionally safe to really have a go in Europe. And so every time he would start to flirt with it, every time there would be any kind of conversations, he would have a successful loan. He had a really good loan at Everton, I remember. He had a good loan at Bayern Munich, actually, also, in a winter loan one time. Um he would back off of that and come back. And he ended his career early. He retired from the national team early because of it. But when he played, he was one of those guys that would fucking die for the shirt he was wearing. Be it the club he was at or the U.S. men's national team. And some really clutch goals. Um, you'll, you know, you guys will remember the videos from It's Coming Home and like fans at bars and stuff and just beer going flying everywhere when Kiri and Trippier... Kieran Trippier scores a free kick, (laughs) right? The greatest ever moment in men's, I should say, U.S. soccer history was easily a Landon Donovan goal very late to seal the victory against um, Ghana, I want to say. Maybe not. I think Ghana might have been the ones that knocked us out. Yeah, I think it was against Tunisia instead. Whatever. In the World Cup, just running in. And there's compilation videos of like when Landon scored. And just a bar here, a bar in the Midwest, a bar on the West Coast, a bar on the East Coast. The whole fucking country erupted. And for one shining moment in time, all of America was a soccer fan. And the, like, chills that I get still thinking about that goal. And it was a nothing goal. It was, like, to send us to the quarters or some shit. But, like, the unity felt by all of sports fans, including people who, like, talk shit about soccer every for three and a half years in between World Cups, was beautiful and great. And, like, filled me with hope in the knowledge that, like, soccer will be the biggest sport in the U.S. someday. It's on its way. It's well on its way. It's already 
secretly, although no one fucking talks about it in the quote-unquote sports culture and ESPN and shit, but it's the second most watched sport, the Premier League, in the U.S., among people below the age of 50. So as the boomers slowly die off and the world just naturally becomes a better place as there's less and less of them, um, soccer will continue to grow into potentially, eventually passing the NFL, right? Because, like, it's already more watched among people less than 50 than the NBA, than baseball, than hockey, than the MLS. And every four years, when Landon Donovan would do something at a World Cup, you would get a glimpse of that future and it was glorious. And I will always be grateful to him as an American fan for all the things that he did. Wow. That was lovely, mate. Yeah. I had no idea we were going to have a love letter to Landon Donovan on today's right? show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Stunning. I mean, um, I guess then while we're on the subject of sentimental picks that are never going to make this fucking team, <laughs> um, I couldn't not go for my favourite Palace player, of all time. Benteke. Incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> um, 302 appearances uh, added so much to his game. Exciting, incredibly exciting to watch. From South London, it, Wilfred Zaha. I had to say Wilfred Zaha to put in the team because I knew he wasn't going to get picked. <laughs> but I had, to, I, I had to stand for him. I had to stand Chuck? for him. Hello. Brace yourself. He's got Zaha. I've got Zaha as my other white player. Why? Because I love Wilfred Zaha. I always have, independent of Palace, independent of being friends with you, going way the fuck back to when he was like a nothing prospect, I have always thought that he would be a great fit at Chelsea. I think he's immensely talented. I think he's the type of player that other teams hate, and that makes him the type of player that I want to root for. Mm. You know what I mean? All the shit yeah. that he gets for diving when he isn't even actually a diver. No. All the shit that he gets for basically being a young black athlete, right? Like, kind of a problem for a lot of people for reasons. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just so fun to watch. So he, yeah. 100%. Yeah, incredible. I mean, it's it's just the story. Obviously, everything that happened uh, from coming through the academy to then, you know, he was uh, Sir Alex Ferguson's last signing for Man United mm-hmm. uh, before he left. Obviously, it never really worked out well for him. But then in his last season, you know, we get to the playoffs. Um, he scores twice against Brighton at Brighton um, to send us to the FA Cup. Uh, the Sorry, the playoff final. Uh, he then wins the penalty in the 119th, 118th minute after just running, running, running at Watford all game long uh, to send us up, you know, and he's there. And that was almost kind of like his his thing for the club that he knew he was going, but he wasn't gonna, you know, just stand by the sidelines or just keep himself to himself so that he got there and and wasn't injured or whatever. Then obviously, you know, there was the whole thing with David Moyes' daughter that probably didn't happen. Definitely didn't <laughs> happen. Would have been funny if it happened. Um, then like, oh, he went on loan to Cardiff, and we could have we could have had him. And he didn't, and then he went back to Man United and resident pod favourite, lovely, lovely time man, Neil Warnock, <laughs> just brought him home. Brought him home for 20% of what we got for him. <laughs> what a deal. In the first place. I mean, let's not talk about the 30-odd percent sell-on fee we might have with Man United for him. <laughs> because just since then, he's just... 
carried us through and it's it's definitely uh you know he's, he's player of the year three times in a row and it was only when like Aaron Wan-Bissaka came in that then he didn't win it which I think is fair enough you know he's he's one of those players I think that he's incredible for Palace and I'm incredibly grateful for him playing but he is too good for us in that because of the team he plays in he is targeted and he's destroyed out of games and I, I, I do start to wonder if potentially he's lost some of his best playing years because of that. And like, I think if you put him, you could put him in any team in the Premier League and they, and he improves that team. And I have said, you know, Oscar, you said before that you would love him at Chelsea. And I think at Chelsea, he kind of fits. I think before this kind of stuff happened with Liverpool, he would kind of fit at Liverpool and other clubs. It just wouldn't really work out for him. Maybe Man City, but then you're just you know you're in a perpetual rotation of players. Right. Yeah. And 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 you just need to play in the system that there is. But he is amazing. And and the fact that you can be a club legend and someone that I've watched play and I, I you know, he got he now he plays for the Ivory Coast, but he got two England caps. I've seen him get one of those England caps. Yeah. Um I was there, yeah. I was at the very back of Wembley at the halfway line. Like I knew when he got the ball and I was just screaming <laughs> and every cat around me is just like, What the fuck is this guy? Who's this? Who's this? And then Ricky Lambert scored against Scotland. That was a whole thing. But um yeah, yeah, Wilfred Zaha. And he scores against Brighton and Brighton haven't won a game for a hundred and fifty six days now, guys. So Oh dear, good stuff. So I mean is he a, is he straight in then if two of you have gone for him? I think so. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Feel like he might be sick. <laughs> uh, well, I take back everything you said about Landon Donovan, mate. Well, to be fair, I never said anything bad against him. That was a lovely soliloquy. Just, just a surprising one. That's all. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't expecting that either. Honestly, <laughs> Oscar, give us another one then. Uh, sure. Okay, I'll take us down the middle since both of my wide players have gone now. Um, and that will be, and again, trying to be almost anti-Chelsea. So that it's not overly predictable. Why do why do you do it to yourself though? Why? Because yeah, like, 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 we, we literally said, and you you always had in extra parameters, and you you asked so many questions about how this was going to work, and it was just like just pick like your favorite players, basically. Yeah, but then it would have been eleven Chelsea players, and I would have yeah. just kept oh, getting no, voted down. I, I appreciate down, down. your commitment to sort of trying to try to go outside the box a little bit. Cheers. Um, <laughs> you can assume that if Drogba comes up, he gets my vote, and he should be. The striker for this, because of all the strikers... Is he your honorable mention? Sure. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. go with that. Because his club, like his cup finals record, all of us, you, everybody knows this stuff. He's a legend. He's amazing. But for the sake of like, you know, not giving into my bias too much, I will say that my favorite striker that has never worn the shirt for Chelsea, who almost did for three fucking summers in a row, they talked about transferring him, transferring him, transferring him, and then he went to Man City... The one, the only, Sergio Aguero. Sergio Aguero is so much fun to watch. I've wanted him at Chelsea so badly for so fucking long. He was always one of my first signings in FIFA career mode. <laughs> you know, he has Elvish tattooed on his arm. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, Elvish tattooed on his arm. Him and Fernando Torres got matching tattoos when they were young at Atletico Madrid. And they are yep. in Elvish, just like I have Elvish tattooed on me. Yeah, I don't know. What, what more can you say? It's Sergio fucking Aguero, man. Aguero! <laughs> the single greatest moment that has ever happened in football. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. Moment, yes. Accomplishment, Leicester. Yeah, individual moment, moment definitely. 
and he's so nice. I really respect his uh, absolute refusal to learn English as well. I love that. Yeah, (laughs) that's bullshit. That's bullshit. He knows English. Well, yeah, he probably does. He does know English. He just doesn't want to do interviews. Yeah, fair enough. Either way, I'm happy with it. (laughs) It's just, yeah, that's what a player should do. Just No, I do what I like. Well, you look at Unai Emery and he tried learning English and all he got was jokes about his accent. So fuck that. Like, fuck you guys. I'm just not. Go ahead. Yeah, fair enough. Or you learn Spanish and try to interview me in Spanish. And then I'll make fun of your fucking accent, douchebags. Watch a load of English journalists try and do that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's fourth fourth all-time in the Premier League uh, goal-scoring charts. Um, He has the best goal-to-games ratio out of any player that scored over 100 goals. Uh, It's 0.69, so 180 goals in 261 games. Um, It would just be a shame, like, if he didn't keep playing because he's just fantastic and like even though he gets older and older and older and you've got Gabriel Jesus who has always come in and like done a job when he's needed to like he's still Sergio Aguero walks into any team in the world in the world like there's no there's for me there's no other striker that he couldn't replace yeah I'm going through like certainly at Madrid after Ronaldo's gone there's no one who would get above him at the striker spot Barcelona has an old Luis Suarez who's still kind of doing his thing, but like isn't better than Aguero. The only one really that comes to mind is Lewandowski at Bayern Munich. So that was the one that came in my head, and that's because the type of players they are is and they're different. Yeah, exactly, very different types of players. But but yeah, Aguero's like top three players in the world, top five players in the world right now. Right? It's Messi. It's not Ronaldo anymore. He's not one of the top five players in the world right now. Neymar begrudgingly. Nah. Salah. Nah. Aguero. Like, he's up. Th- he's yes. right there. Ian, you're awfully quiet over there. Do you want to throw something in here? Well, I'm going to I'm gonna just rattle through my two because we've already got Zaha. So I've got two I've got two suggestions left. I'm not going to do... And you've punted everything on striker. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to rattle through these. Um, so my first one is uh, Thierry Henry. Um, he was absolutely prolific for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sort of player that fucking beg for now I mean Aubameyang looks good but it's just the level of goals you know notable actually that he is second in the goals to game ratio is he oh right yeah. okay okay good well I was just about to say so I I think I've got written here 174 goals in 254 appearances for Arsenal that's ridiculous that's such a ridiculous line yeah <laughs> it is it what? is he, what that he played for Arsenal <laughs> yeah well yeah, yeah, yeah that too yeah. <laughs> um Played like as a as a lone striker most of the time, and they just let him have a free free role really. So he drifted around, and weirdly with Thierry Henry, a lot of his goals were really similar. He would often mm. like drift out to the left, pick the ball up, cut in, explode pace, bottom corner. But everyone knew what he did. Couldn't stop you just him couldn't doing stop it. it. Yeah, you, you just couldn't stop him doing it. That's just the the archetype for someone who just is incredible, though. It's like yeah. It, like it gets said all the time about like Iron Robin, yeah, throughout his entire that career. Was like, literally you, about to say that you know exactly what he's going to do, yeah. and it applies to people in all kinds of sports. Like, but if you just cannot stop them, like they're incredible. And he was, you know, he was at Arsenal for a hefty chunk of years, and obviously stayed with them and was and was there for the for the Invincibles and what have you. Yeah, and uh, when you if you're watching football in that era, it was impossible not to re- respect the sort. Well, and he it was so fun to watch because he had just a level of finesse with his ball control 
and and with his shooting as well. It was it was the opposite of the other person I'm going to choose, but it was it never never particularly powered in. It was always just placed beautifully. It was mm. very and his eye for goal was absolutely amazing. Um, very attractive man, lovely accent. Um, smells amazing, by the way, because I did have the chance to work with him at Sky Sports a couple of times. <laughs> and, uh, that's what the pe- that's what the people are here for. Yeah, exactly. They want to know. I can how, how I can verify that because I have met him a couple of times as You've well. Met him as well, have you? Yeah. Yeah. When I was writing for Chelsea Index back, and I used to cover the summer tours and stuff. Yeah. He was always around, and he does. He's like, it's a weird thing to say, but he smells really he fucking smells good. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Very well dressed. Yeah, I really like the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fantastic, fantastic goal scorer for Arsenal, and the sort they would. Beg He's probably for the player that I most wish I had gotten to see playing in the Premier League. Yeah. Mm. Although it's for the best because I might have ended up a fucking Arsenal fan. So. This is, you probably you probably would at that time because um, he was just the fantastic. I mean, uh, he he was a winger and got converted to being a striker, and then went back yeah. to being a winger at Barcelona. Yeah. yeah, and then at Barcelona, and it comes up in the in the take the ball, pass the ball uh, documentary. There is a small section which is about uh, Henri and how he he found it really hard when he went to Barcelona. Because the game for him was just make those runs, make those runs, make those runs. And 97 times out of 100, he wasn't getting the ball. Like the ball was never even going that way. Right. But he just had to keep making it, keep making it, keep making it. And then when the ball did come to him, it was just like, you just have to score now and be, and be set up. So it was a completely different kind of pressure and whatever. But mm. that kind of makes it seem why there was such an elegance to his game because he was a fast, pacey, changed the, the way things were in that. Arsene Wenger kind of revolutionisation of of English football. And yeah, he was 14 million in FPL. Always. He was a a 14 million starting player in fantasy football because he was just incredible. Yeah. Um, And my other suggestion, uh, Oscar will be happy to know uh, I've gone Didier Drogba. (laughs) So he feels like a, a little bit of a different player to Henri. I mean, just... Powerful, the shot on him, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, just I, I don't know. I, I haven't actually got any figures on that. I'd be interested to know what speed he could hit it at, but it just felt like he could absolutely I, drill a ball. I was a bit worried when when you said you were going to go a completely opposite kind of player that you were going to pick a striker that just didn't score goal. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah, no, no. What? Think, even though this is favorite players and not, uh, yeah, Howard Forrington, Peter United, yeah, why not? <laughs> Um, he's not getting in no is he not getting in okay no. fine um, yeah I mean obviously how how long was uh, Drogba at Chelsea in the first stint it was about uh, 11 years he, 12 years well, 4 to 12 the last thing he did for Chelsea in his original yeah. stint May was 19, the penalty in, yeah. right, in Munich yeah like what a perfect way to go out. But yeah, then That's he fair. came yeah. back for a couple of years later, but we don't really talk about that. It's like when Jordan came out of retirement <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. and played for the Warrior or the Wizards and everyone was like, we're going to pretend that that didn't happen so we can keep thinking of Jordan as the mm-hmm. Jordan. That's fine. And yeah. I think that's fine. But I mean, as well, I only played a little bit of football uh, back when I was a kid, but I was a defender and I cannot imagine coming up against Dropper. I would be scared fucking shitless. <laughs> Of just how he was gonna run over me completely every time. It would. It's just the the physicality of the man is is something else. It was fantastic to watch for Chelsea as well in a totally different way to Henri, um, and um, a good guy as well. Uh, 
single-handedly. Yeah, builds hospitals, stops civil wars. Stops civil that. wars. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, please Impo- stop. Uh, can we get him? Actually, can we yeah. bring can he him deal over with here? The current to American down? situation. Yeah, that'd, yeah be that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There you go, Oscar. I'll, I'll throw in uh, DDA Dropper. Awesome. Well, since he did come up, I'll, I'll just rattle off two of my favorite stats about him. And there's plenty. The records are incredible. <laughs> yeah, uh, just just my two favorite ones because I could go on for days here. But in against Arsenal, obviously, uh, in 17 matches across all competitions in his career for different teams as well, including the MLS All-Stars very late in his career. <laughs> Hi, Adam. <laughs> yep. 16 goals in 17 games against Arsenal. <laughs> they fucking hated him and then also obviously the more famous one uh, in cup finals he had 10 goals in 10 finals to win 10 trophies at the club level Jesus <laughs> yep exactly like a, a clutch striker the big man for the big occasion right like that's literally the yeah. quote yeah it's true though it's 100% true like 10 goals in 10 cup finals is fucking absurd yeah it's fucking insane Around that time as well, I was good mates with, uh, I mean, I still am, uh, good friends with uh, a guy who's from Ivory Coast uh, and was a Chelsea fan because of Drogba. And it was just always like the love he had for him on both a, both a club and a national level because he would just, he'd do incredible things for Ivory Coast as well in World Cups. Like, I'm pretty sure there was one, uh, or maybe it was the qualifier or something, and Ivory Coast were 2 0 down in the 80-something minute and they brought Drogba on because he was coming back from an injury and they won the game 3-2 and Drogba scored two and I think set up one and then that's what got them to one of the major competitions or something and just like he was unstoppable and unplayable like incredible definitely Um, Oscar when you started supporting Chelsea like did he feel like the talisman of the team or was there someone else or did he Um, feel like the linchpin that's a great question I think So my perceptions are obviously super mixed because I was like so new to watching soccer regularly that I was still trying to like really wrap my head around like the tactics and even just like the offside rule and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like I only watched it during World Cups, right? So like I knew soccer, I had played soccer, but like the more nuances of it. Yeah. Um, And then I was also watching multiple teams at the same time to try to figure out like I was pretty sure I was going to be a Chelsea fan, but I wanted to double check and all that. So (laughs) Checks and balances. That's a hard, yeah, you know, I, I try to be unbiased if, if I am biased, but I try to f- counteract that or whatever. Peter checks and Michael Ballack's is... Oh, it's nearly yeah. there. It's nearly there. Very close. Very close. Very I would say the short answer to your question is that it's probably John Terry. That was okay. like the first name I knew. Oh. Captain Leader Legend. Yeah. Right? Like, and he was the emotional uh. beating heart and leader of that team. Drogba was too flighty. Yeah, I just feel like with play style, it it felt very tailored to Drogba. But yeah, I know what you yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean with. I mean, it was the th- yeah. it was definitely just the f- four guys, the five with Ashley Cole, that are like the core five, and they equally felt important. Check mm. Terry Lampard, Ash and Drogba, obviously, but definitely by the time that I like knew what was up, so like two three seasons in, Drogba and Lampard were the two. Yeah, that okay. I was like, oh, these two guys are. What makes us better than the rest of the league? Or better than everyone except Man United at the time, who had Rooney and Ronaldo. And it felt like in Drogba's hands, you were safe. Yeah. Because even to the point where, like, he was is one of the few still red cards in Champions League final history. 
for oh wait, he got it in in extra time right before the penalty kicks. He got himself sent off, and then coming back and being able to do sort of correct that mistake yeah. in 2012 with the tying goal, with all of the tying goals and all the important goals, but then obviously the penalty too, like. That he had that redemption felt inevitable in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Because I think Talisman is the exact right goal. He's also the first Chelsea player that I saw score a goal live. Okay. Because yeah. in Baltimore in 2008 or nine, they had a preseason match. And, and I drove down to Baltimore to watch the match with my brother and my best friend. And he hit a Fucking screamer. You can still find highlights of it, even though it's a preseason goal, because like it's famous for being one of his most absurd goals. He like took it on his chest back to goal, which can we talk about how he's the best back to goal striker fucking yeah. ever? Yeah. <laughs> we can. Um, he took it on the chest back to goal, and then on the volley or on the half volley, he turned from about the 40 fucking yard line, like so far out. And just put his laces through it and smash that shit into the top corner like he was taking a penalty kick and had all the time in the world to prepare for it. And it was against Inter, I'm pretty sure, I want to say, back when Inter was still, like, really good. Might have been Jose Mourinho's Inter, actually. I don't know. Whatever, Whoever was in charge of Inter in the summer of 08. But I was sitting there and the ball just, it was, you know, route one shit from Petr Cech straight to Drogba. And, like... As he took it on the volley and started to turn and get his body shape into shooting shape, and you realize what's happening, just a collective intake of breath and dead silence in the stadium for a second of like, wait, what is is he? (gasps) Holy shit! What the fuck did we just see? There's not much like the sort of chest takedown turn and volley that gives you that, where there is possibly a second where everyone can see what's about to happen. It's like it's, it's like brilliant. the the three stages of everyone stepping up, standing up, an <laughs> audible intake of breath, all of the seats just going That's what happens. Like you have to be stood up as it's going. You're just almost like you're willing it in. Like when they shout at the chopper in the Olympics. I want to go and watch live football. Football! I mean, Soon. Not yet. Well, not yeah, watch it live, but... Not yet. Not more than I want to stay alive, but, you know. Sure. Yeah. So, Drogba uh, straight in the team, then? Uh, I mean, you put him up, Ian, and I'm voting for him, so that's two out of three oh, okay. right there. <laughs> well, there you go. It might but be. But no, because before, you can't, you can't vote for your own players. That's the, that, yeah, that's the point. That's a point. Well, also, Chuck changed all the rules when he went for Philip Lahm, even though he had suggested someone else. So, Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're making these rules up no, as we but go. That on. was the rule that was then brought in with centre-backs, which is why I was annoyed, because I picked the two that you two said yeah, were the okay. best, and then we got two different ones. Never mind, eh? I don't know. It sounds like we, we already locked rugby, and I'm just saying that. It's pretty locked <laughs> no, in. No, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like that. <laughs> Doesn't sound like I could re- I could retract so, my vote for Zaha. We do have. I mean, we speaking of Ivory Coast I mean, we players, could, we could play Henri on the wing. I guess. Yeah, he did play it on the wing at multiple stages well, in his career. This just got even better. Um, but, right. I mean, I've got two left. One of them I'm not even going to bother to mention now, but it was done just because it would be funny. Um, I always really liked watching Ray- Wayne Rooney play, as much as he's part of that horrific <laughs> England. 
just curse and whatever it all put on, but watching him play for Man United and the second highest score of all time, and he was just phenomenal. And he had that real... One of the things that meant that he couldn't contribute in the same way offensively was once he lost the ball, he would sprint back 80 yards to win it back off of the person who took it off of him if they did. And obviously then he was very aggressive and would get a lot of red cards and and won the the famous Cristiano Ronaldo wink. Um, Bastard. (laughs) Uh, He could bang a free kick. He scored that wonderful overhead volley. For uh, in the Manchester derby, yeah, yeah the Man most City. overrated goal of the 21st century. <laughs> Shinned it, bruv. Shinned it. Shin roller. Uh, yeah, second Premiership all time with 208 goals. Third for assists as well. Interestingly, uh, with 103. Uh, once came fifth in the Ballon d'Or. But my suggestion, I can't believe this is coming to last. We've mentioned some players with OBEs. We've mentioned some players with MBEs. This man, a commander of the most excellent British Empire. Three Premier League golden boots in a row. The leading Premier League goalscorer of all time. The fastest to 100 goals in 124 games. 260 Premier League goals is, of course, Mr. Alan Shearer. And he was just incredible. And we've spoken to him about him a long... I mean, I know I've already lost this one to Drogba, which is fair enough. <laughs> I'll probably just take that. But Alan Shearer was phenomenal. And he was just someone who it was like you brought him on and you figured you'd get a goal, whether it was for England or for his club. It didn't matter that he, he just played for Newcastle. He, he pissed off Sir Alex Ferguson because he wouldn't go to United and mugged him off. Um, won the Premier League though with Blackburn yeah who? no just kidding I know them exactly. the Rovers um, when he came third in the Ballon d'Or it was behind uh, the original Ronaldo and uh, Matthias Sammer who was the Germany captain uh, that won uh, let me think this would have been in 96 so they won the Euro mm-hmm. and his Dortmund team won the Bundesliga and he would had just won the Champions League or the European Cup, sorry, the year before and have been the captain. So, like, kind of esteemed company to be around. Uh, injuries blighted his career. But I was never a Newcastle or a Blackburn fan, but when I was a kid, I was an Alan Shearer fan. I even remember to this day turning around to my parents and saying, why couldn't you have called me Alan? Alan. Like Alan Shearer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's one of my earliest memories of when I was like six, Alan. five or six. Oh, wow. Because I just love uh, Alan Shearer and he's phenomenal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Phenomenal. I mean, you mentioned something um, when we recorded a couple of weeks ago about um, Virgil van Dijk when he, if he makes a mistake, you talk about it because it's so rare. Mm. Um, with Alan Shearer, if he went like four games without scoring, the media started calling it a drought because. It was, you know, he didn't do that, basically. He went into Euro 96, didn't he, with about something like eight games where he hadn't scored. Yeah. And that was unheard of for Alan Shearer, so that's why it was a worry. I mean, he soon put that to bed in the tournament, didn't he? A lovely old job. But, uh, um, well, yeah, it's... Uh, to well, a point. <laughs> to a point, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's, when when a player can score the level of goals he did, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great shout, definitely. Great shout. Premier League legend. Yeah, one of those players that I definitely wish I had gotten to watch just from the way that people talk about him. 
I love watching greatness when it's happening, even if it's not necessarily for my own team. So, like, Suarez at Liverpool, I fucking hated that guy like any other right-thinking human being. (laughs) But, like, in a weird way, I feel honored to have, like... watched him play against Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? one of my players bitten by him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's an honor. And I think Shearer would have been that. Like, despite being at Newcastle or whatever team he would be on in the modern version of it, like... I don't know whether you'd like him. I don't know. (laughs) Doesn't feel like an Oscar player to me. Uh, I don't know, because he had, like... He would... I think the bias comes in because he was English, but there's a lot of kind of, to an extent, the Diego Costa about him. Like... Hmm. He wasn't afraid of like throwing sly elbows and, yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and <laughs> and really virgin on the edge. Like obviously before him, we'd had Gary Lineker, who was the golden boy, and, and you know <laughs> yeah. won the the World Cup golden boot. But he famously went through his whole career without a single yellow or red card. Like uh, you had that. <laughs> Oscar's not happy with that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, no get out. Done. He definitely should have had quite a lot, but but Shearer was was. <laughs> And, and it also kind of feels like similar to maybe with Aguero now that with the amount of injuries and, and recurrence of that, it it feels like there could have been more. Mm. Like, you know, Aguero at the minute is four full time in the Premier League with 180. You get to second with Rooney of 208 and you have Shearer with 260. Fuck. Now, now <laughs> granted, he played in some of the seasons when there were more teams. Right. Yeah. But... It just feels like there could have been so much more, mm. and there were still missed opportunities because you know he he was scoring one in two for Newcastle, for Blackburn yeah. he basically had one in one. He scored 112 goals in 138 games. That's fucking absurd. How what was his xG per ninety though? <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, xG for 1990s. Yeah. But, but, so Jesus. actually though, what was his style of play? Was he like a target man? Was he a finesse guy? Was he a poacher? Like, what was his deal? I would have said, if I, if you had to characterise it with what you've gone there with, I would have said poacher. It feels but, really yeah. disrespectful it does. to it does say a little bit, yeah. it, though. Because it would just... He just always... he The reason he was like that was because he could just turn defenders inside out and be in the right place. It wasn't like a, it was balls across the six-yard box, like he played for Newcastle, let's just remember that. And, and you know, Blackburn was, at the time, was very much a Leicester-ish yeah. situation. Mm. He wasn't like a Gary Lineker poacher, was he? He, he, he would happily get the ball, turn a player, shoot, uh, you mm. know. Whereas... I don't mean that derisively in the no, least. No, no, no. I, I, I mean that mean. actually as, in like, to me, a poacher is like the best, best type of striker to have because it's just someone <laughs> who knows... How to find space in the box, whether it's crowded or not? Like, yeah, they'll find an open shot, and that's such a hard thing to He's be able kind to do of consistently. The archetype for that, I'd say, in the Premier League, era, okay, of what that player should do. And that's why, you know, he's always on match of the day, and it's great when he is, and he will always go on about it and the way strikers play and, you know, pull up when they're not just doing basic stuff of. You know, you move from the back post to the front post to cut or front post to the back post to, to create the space. And you'd always just say, look, do that. If you're a striker, you have to be in the box. If there's balls playing, like he rips into so many teams when they're playing crosses, you're like, why the hell isn't that striker in a box? You paid 10, 20, 30, 50, 70 million for this guy. And he's not trying the everything he yeah. could to put the fucking ball in the net. And that's 
that was kind of what Alan Shearer was as well. That he was just, he was phenomenal at it. He had a cracking shot, but he, it just the hunger and the desire and the passion to be in the right spot and to make sure he was going to get on the end of it and put it in the back of the net was just. Well, fire. he definitely definitely sounds like someone I would have liked then. Fair enough. I think I think <laughs> just the you know I, I'm I'm going off of what you guys are selling here, but he sounds like the English Diego Costa to a certain extent, although they're probably much better like. I'm not trying to insult him in that, but Diego knows how to no. find space and throw an elbow. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you have to find ways to generate the space sometimes, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and obviously, no VAR, so. All right. Well, that's all my people. So here's what we've got. So we did say we're playing 4-3-3. <laughs> Don't know how this is going to work. So players we could have as wide players, I guess. We've got Wilfred Zaha. We've got Landon Donovan could play out. Yeah, he was a right winger usually. And uh, Thierry Henry that we can put out on the wing. Uh, other than that, we have Miroslav Klose, Sergio Aguero, uh, Didier Drogba, Wayne Rooney, and Alan Shearer. All right, so my vote then would be for... I'm counting Zaha because that's one of your picks, so I'm, I'm going to vote for him, obviously. But I have Zaha and Thierry Henry wide and Drogba in the middle would be my, my pick of people that I didn't nominate. Hmm. Ian? If I've got to pick people I didn't nominate. So um, in that case, I would go Aguero. I will go Zaha because I think he's a given because the two of you chose him. Oh, um, thanks, guys. So, yeah, but do it, then I've, I've not got... Uh, this isn't coherent. The, the only coherent thing for me, I think, is Henri, but that's my pick. Henri, and then I'll go Aguero if it's not my pick, and then uh, Zaha anyway. Could, will you let me have that? Henri... Aguero Zaha. Sure. Yeah. I'm, we're making up the rules anyway. Yeah, let's go that then. Go on. <laughs> yeah, that only thing that makes me nervous there is now you've given Chuck an out to get Drogba out of our team somehow. This is what I get for being and this, nice and, and, and saying and Zaha and not put, saying Drogba. You're trying to put games into it and, and logic and reasons, but this is this is really hard because Go from the heart. Honestly, like go from the heart. So I mean, you guys said you've already put Zaha in. Thierry Henry just makes Perfect sense. Closer as much as I really liked him. Nah, Landon Donovan. I don't have that connection, although I rec- although you know recognize Sergio Aguero and Didier Drogba are two like in different ways two of my favorite players. Oh, <laughs> I could. Make... I find this weird that like you know Oscar is the I like Aguero this, suggestion. In my, like just just. Here, this is where Oscar is, right here, in, in the palm of my hand right now. <laughs> His hopes, dreams, and I will go for, just to make it easy, and so we don't have to work out what happens in a tiebreaker situation, <laughs> I will go for Didier Drogba as well. I think that's Yay! the right I think that's the right choice for the mop team. I think that's definitely the right choice. I think choice. that's correct. Yeah. I think so. And I think that there are... I mean, I had... Aguero in my honourable mentions. I also had Peter Crouch, just because I love yeah, the guy. Yeah, yeah, hard not to love Crouch. <laughs> he was still doing the robot when I first came, and I was like, this is this league is fun. This is stupid. I love yeah. this. Yeah, and he He's knew great. it. He knew it. He was very was aware of how stupid this stick figure doing a robot dance as he scores a goal? From, like, what? And, and that was from, do you know the origin of the robot? Oh, I did. I can't Oscar? remember what it is. Oscar, the, like, do you know The it? robot as a celebration? No, 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 as in why Peter Crouch would do the robot. Oh, no, why? There was like a TV special filmed, which was at a house party. I can't remember which 
footballer's house it was now for the life of me, but they there were actually like cameras there and filming. It was really weird. And at one point they told Peter Crouch to do the robot and the camera just panned to him as he was doing it. And then it was all over the papers and everything the next day. Of, oh, okay. That's he awesome. was doing this. And then so he did it in, in tribute to that. But there we go. So if we talk through the entire team. So in goal... Bosnich. Peterborough legend. We're not right. Not Mark Bosnich. Not Neville Southall. And not Peter Check. Sorry, that's Oscar just getting angry there and throwing the team away because he's not doing Mark Bosnich. No, no, I'm trying to pull up the train sounds. <laughs> I know you are. I know. <laughs> you are. Uh, at right back, uh, Germany captain and World Cup winner Philip Lahm. Centre back, Sergio Ramos, World Cup winner, Eternal Shithouse. Vincent Company, leader amongst men. And the most impressive... Ah, he was brilliant. Uh, Roberto Carlos, the bullet man with 24-inch thighs and the most inexplicable free kick in all of human history. Uh, Centre midfield, defensive, Yaya Torre, just to be the linchpin to hold it all together, to calm things down. Box to box is the one and only Super Frank Lampard. Doing God knows what, Paul Gascoigne. (laughs) And then an indomitable, if that's even the word, I don't know. I've been drinking. Front three, which is just incredible. On the left, or the right, or in the middle, who fucking cares? Darzet, Wilfred, Armel Zaha, striker Didier Drogba, and Thierry Henry. I mean, you would That's watch the fuck out of that team. Fucking unbeatable! Yeah, my god! You don't beat that team. You don't. You don't beat that team. What? You just turn up and you just go. Pfft. I'm so happy with how that's turned out. So we happy. got. We managed to get a player from all three clubs. Two for Chelsea. Even Peterborough. <laughs> one for Peterborough. Even Peterborough. Chances are there could be another one in there somewhere. I mean, did Sergio Ramos have a loan spell with Peterborough? Uh, not that I remember. No. <laughs> We got some Chelsea. We got different nationalities. We got an Arsenal player in there too. So fuck any anyone team. out there trying to say that we're biased against Arsenal. Uh, so that is our team. Obviously, the the thing that kind of spawned this off, and not to try and uh, this could be messy for us, lads, couldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all right here. <laughs> I think you're all right. There there is a definite mix of Emily will know like actual footballers from a Chelsea perspective. Kelly will know. England footballers. England footballers. <laughs> and Gina just knows names based on what I've shouted at the TV. <laughs> so why don't we go why don't we go in that order? Let's go for Emily's inevitable what Oscar would have picked. I gotta say, I think this team might give ours a run for its money, because she had no uh preconceived notions of like of she has Messi in the team, so <laughs> Well, she's out. She's cheating. She was equally uh, full of questions when I told her to make a Premier League Go or make a, uh, you know, a team of players. She was like, what do you mean? Current players? Am I going off of their fantasy value? Do I have to pick what year they were in? So she was kind of all over the map. Once again, proving why you two are perfect for each other. Yep, exactly. But she went with a 4-3-3. Oh, God, there's natural formation. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, she actually debated the formation for a long time. But up front, she has Messi on the wing. That's how good her team is, that she's playing Messi out of position. Nice. Aguero in the middle and Aryan Robin on the right. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, in the midfield three, she's got Cesc Fabregas, Paul Pogba, and Iniesta. Okay. <laughs> yep. And then at the back, she's got mostly Chelsea going Ashley Cole, John Terry, 
Carlos Puyol, who I don't know how the fuck she even remembered him, <laughs> because he was mostly retired by the time she started watching, but I but she remembered him from Spain. Um, she said, can I Google his name? It's that caveman center back from Spain. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I was like, sure, you can Google his name. That's fine. Uh, as Piet right back. And then this is the only place where she specified a year, which I find highly amusing because she has Iniesta in there. And I doubt she means Iniesta how he plays today. But she said, Manuel Neuer circa 2014. Not now because he's <laughs> crap now. Caveats. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Interestingly, not a single player the same as ours as well. So this game could happen. Ooh, that's <laughs> tough. That is tough. Good thing you didn't vote for Aguero. Otherwise, there's no way we could make this happen. Yeah. And the, I mean, the average age of her squad, though, is a lot. Uh, Ian, what was Kelly's 11? Well, see, yeah, I just got to pick 11 players. And then I sort of tried to put them in a formation myself. But it's, it's I mean, it's terrible. Um, so she went sort of Pickford or Seaman in goal. She mentioned both of them immediately. I was like, fine, right. whatever. Uh, so then her players, which I've I've put into this formation, which is a sort of a, I don't know three two two three. There's lots of strikers. There's lots oh, of strikers. old school like a WM formation. Yeah. So in defence, this is we've got Jordan Henderson, <laughs> Paul Ince, <laughs> Derm, Stuart right. Pearce. Um, uh, then David Beckham and Jamie Redknapp, uh, Michael Owen, Peter Crouch, Ronaldo, Shearer, Rooney. <laughs> Very striker. She's got goals. She's got goals in that team for sure. Well, yeah, it is. yeah, yeah. At either end. Yeah, it'll be like watching Peter every game and end six six. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, like both of your uh, good ladies, mine also had questions, uh, but mostly, what do you mean? Um, I don't know that many footballers, and, <laughs> and also, can I Google? So, when I took through, I did an example and just drew. Because I, I I didn't put into a position into positions like like you so generously did, Ian. Um, I drew some circles to do an example and said you can do that on a different page and then come up with your own formation. She went, no no no, I'll just do that. Okay. So so in goal we have Diego Benaglio. Excuse me. Yes, the, the silence <laughs> is correct. Um, the reason uh, Diego Benaglio has been picked, and I was asked the question. Who is the Swiss goalkeeper? And I was like, what the hell? And the reason for this is because he was the Swiss goalkeeper at, I think, the 2010 World Cup, and uh, she thought he was really hot. So oh, okay. Wanted Fine. to put him in the team. Um, Classic. We then have uh, is Peter he, Crouch. Is he really hot? Did you look up a picture of him? Uh, I mean, he's a, he's yeah, he's a trapper. I mean, we mentioned it when it came to Thierry Henry, so it's fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's only fair. Um, you you wouldn't really. I mean, he played for VFB Stuttgart, National, mm-hmm. Wolfsburg, and uh, Monaco. So okay. Yeah, still plays for Monaco actually. Yeah. There you go, <laughs> Google. Uh, at left back, Peter Crouch, because <laughs> um, everyone knows him. Love it. Uh, centre back, Ashley Cole. Yeah. Um, at left centre back uh, <laughs> because he's the one that was married to the girls allowed one. Mm-hmm. Um, now at the other centre back we did have Harry Kane. Um, <laughs> that was quickly crossed out because she said she thinks he's from Essex, um, and she wrote <laughs> she she did this after doing the rest of the team and went, "What's that player that you went on about loads?" And she went, "Punchin, Punchin, that's it." Brilliant. So Jason P- Jason Punchin is the centre back. Um, right back. Who's the one with the funny name that sounds like boobies? So Samuel M. T. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Left midfield, Christian Benteke. Yeah. Uh, naturally. Frank Lampard. Nice. Hey! Centre, centre mid. Um, other centre mid. Danny Drinkwater. Why not? There you go. <laughs> I mean, why? But why not? One of the few people whose name is also a complete sentence. <laughs> In caveman speak. Um, well, you know, Danny, comma, drink water. David Seaman. <laughs> um, I mean, the reason for this, it might get edited out, but the reason for this is because a friend of ours um, was having some illicit times with him not too long ago. Oh. Whilst he was on the Chelsea payroll. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, shagged him. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's staying in. You know that. Right midfielder. That's why I didn't mention her name or where she works. Um, wow. uh, at right midfield, Evan Hazard. Evan. Okay. All right. One of the lesser known brothers. One of the lesser known. I mean, he's like Torgan. fourth. Yeah. Torgan, Killian, and then the next one is Evan, I'm pretty sure. Evan. Yeah. Um, up front, two up front. Uh, also a player whose name is a complete sentence. Kaka means uh-huh. means poop. Um, yeah, she went for that, and I was quite like, yeah, okay, good, yeah, good. And then the other one, uh, because he did a birthday message to one of my mates a little while ago, Ryan Giggs, up front. Give it Giggsy. <laughs> yeah, okay. So uh, an eclectic, That's team eclectic yeah, eclectic. Some, that is the word. With some great. I mean, my favourite was. I mean, obviously Danny Drinkwater, um, <laughs> but who's the guy with the funny name that's like boobies? Yeah. Mm, titty. Titty. Oh. What's that in the distance? Making sure we socially distance on the public transport, actually. Do, do be safe. Do be safe. Stand back to the airline. Now arriving at isolation recommendation station. Transfers available to Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, and ITV. For our English listeners. <laughs> yeah. Very good. This is the end of the line. We will not be, uh, get the fuck off the train, go watch stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an evolving jingle. Yep. It is evolving. Also worth noting that those streaming services are available over here. All three of them. <laughs> three. Okay. Well, you know. Just chucked ITV in there, my illustrious employers. Speaking of which, so that's that's actually my first one. ITV have decided to put on uh, Euro 96. Now, I know it's finished now. Uh, in the, They were putting it on ITV4, but it's all every single Euro 96 match is available on the hub, uh, the ITV hub. And they have uh, an accompanying podcast as well, which has been really good, where they've got, from each sort of, of the matches that England played, they've managed, they've interviewed, uh, Mark Pugach has interviewed an England player and one of the players from the other team. And, uh, it's been really good. And the first, the first podcast was, um, Tony Adams. And he is really honest about his, um, descent into alcoholism. Well, he was an alcoholic already, but he never, mm. he, when he was, a, l- a lot playing, of that Arsenal team were. Yeah, yeah, quite. But when he was playing a, um, a tournament or whatever when he was playing football he was always able to stay off the alcohol but after England went out of Euro 96 he just talks very honestly about going on a seven week bender which then meant he came out of that and just 
stopped drinking and hasn't touched a drop since. I wow. mean, it's, yeah, it's fucking, it, it was quite something actually. It was really, really honest. But yeah, the podcast's been really good that goes along with the, and I listened to that as I was sort of uh, watching along with the game. So I'm sort of watched um, England, you forget they, they won uh, penalties against Spain. Yeah, you know, in, the, in the round before. Yeah, in the quarterfinal. And, and Spain deserved to win that game, really. But, I mean, England England went through and then we deserved to win against uh, Germany in the semi-finals. Uh, spoilers. Went out. Yeah. Spoilers, but, I haven't got to the semi-finals yet. Uh, sorry, mate. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's it was just such a such an amazing summer and... Uh, oh, don't, Ian, oh, don't do oh, it. Oh, God, honestly. Oh. I, I've enjoy, I enjoyed it so much and then you watch the Germany game and it's just fucking heartbreaking. Oh. But... Yeah, it was great. It was great, and all the games are there. So yeah, definitely take the opportunity to watch England, Scotland, at least, and England, uh, England, oh, Spain, yeah. and England. Well, no, actually, what am I saying? England, Holland. I mean, that's the fucking one you want to watch. Oh yes, Jesus, took them from apart. The, that was from the oh. groups, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Third group game. Yeah. Oh, oh. beautiful. Anyway, no so spoilers. yeah, that's definitely a game to watch. That's one, um, and the other one I'd say is a completely different, but it's. I think it's all on the BBC iPlayer at the minute, and it's uh, Mortimer and Whitehouse gone fishing. I think you can watch yes. all of that. It's fucking brilliant. So it's uh, uh, Paul Whitehouse, Bob Mortimer, both sort of comedy performers uh, whose heyday was in the 90s, uh, getting on a bit now. Both of them have had heart attacks. And the premise of this is that Paul Whitehouse, who is quite an experienced fisherman, takes Bob Mortimer, who's not, but an enthusiastic amateur, <laughs> um, takes takes him fishing and then Bob deals with the accommodation and like cooks them like heart-healthy meals and stuff as they go around. It sounds ridiculous. It's easy viewing and it's really funny and heartfelt and it's it's really nice. It, I love it's it. It's one of the most therapeutic yeah. TV shows you could watch because it's it combines like nature show with the fishing kind of part. Yeah. Uh, the kind of open honesty in a lot of times about them talking with the problems, etc., and what they've had to had to overcome and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, it then has the cooking parts and 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 then just the fact that these are two incredible comedians as well, and that just seem like really good mates. I mean, I'll watch anything with Bob Mortimer in it anyway. Uh, just absolute absolute national treasure. But his excitement when he gets anything on the fishing rod and just he's like a child he just like jumps around and starts screaming and then Paul Whitehouse gets so angry with him yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah it's really like you said therapeutic viewing is, is exactly right yeah so definitely uh if you can find it like I say I think I think it's all on the iPlayer at the minute mm. so yeah Mortimer and Whitehouse gone fishing is brilliant that's me done nice Chuck well it's really funny that you mentioned ITV this week again Oscar, so much like Ian's, uh, because mine and also linked to Euro '96 is that they did uh, a special over three episodes uh, a little while ago, uh, which was called Harry's Heroes uh, Euro Euro having a laugh, and it was basically it's something they did last year. Was they got uh, they did an England versus Germany rematch of 1996, and a lot of players that were playing for the nations around that time kind of came together. Like it wasn't the the full 11 or whatever that happened actually just before Bobby Robson died a few years ago, they did a proper 11 versus 11 as many of the players as they could. Um, but this is kind of a, it was three parts uh, and there was loads of footballers from the late eighties, nineties and just kind of got, having the kind of uh, heartfelt talks as well and talking through uh, their various battles with depression uh, with bankruptcy, um, with alcoholism, 
and all the kind of things that came with that and part of that world of being a footballer as well as them just being really funny and and, and having these uh, early 40s to to 50-year-old guys almost revert back exactly to how they were as players (laughs) and you're just seeing that kind of camaraderie and they go to uh, France, I think, in the first one, then Italy... Uh, and then they go to Germany and they play like different teams. Um, they play Mets and uh, Robert Pires is playing for, for them. Uh, they play against them. They play against the French five-a-side nudist team. <laughs> and they eventually play against the Germans. They play against San Marino. Um, Brilliant. And it had, you know, David Seaman was there, Peterborough legend, people like Paul Merson, Matt Letizier. <laughs> uh, and it was just it was just fantastic to watch. Hi. <laughs> Your daughter loved it. She loved it. She really did love it. And and so kind of for similar reasons and just feel good and, and still having that kind of insight uh, with, with the <laughs> battling with the... This is just, yeah, brilliant. Um, yeah, and, and, and seeing how they've, you know, who's taken who under their wing because Paul Merson obviously had a huge problem with alcohol before and after they did it the year before, he kind of then completely went teetotal mm. and... Sorry, um, he kind of went teetotal, and then he's trying to work with uh, Neil Ruddock, who's obviously had big problems and issues with weight and alcoholism, etc., and, and kind of trying to to bring those changes about in other people. And it's a, it's it's. <laughs> She's on the floor, and it's just a really fantastic three part special. <laughs> Yay! Done. <laughs> uh, no, so. It, Bye. She is and, uh, melting it's, down. It's, it's just a really fantastic three-part special. So definitely worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and it's <laughs> uh, and it's yeah, it's just a really fantastic three-part special. Uh, probably somewhere you can go back and watch the one from the year before as well. Um, but yeah, really, really entertaining, and and again, just feel good uh, kind of TV. Good stuff, Oscar. Nice. Uh, I have a couple. I have the one from that I had for last week that we skipped, and then obviously a new one. The first is Chuck. You've been hounding me for a few years now to do this, as well as a lot of other people that I know. I finally put a finger in. Oh no, sorry. What? <laughs> That's for the Patreon only. Oh, um, Rocket League, the car, rocket, backflip, explosions, game. Um, So fun, so cheap. I got it super cheap, um, although I ended up not really saving any money because I bought it for two different systems because I liked it so much. Um, So I have it on the PlayStation so I can play online, and then I got it on the Switch after that so that I could take it on the go when eventually it's time to travel again because I was like, oh, this is a perfect game to play offline on the Switch. Like, it's a perfect traveling game. They're like five-minute games and whatever so i got it on the switch also um but it's like i I know this isn't new for anybody but it's new to me um and i'd imagine there are a lot of other people that are like on the same boat of i've been avoiding this video game because i knew it would be a time crunch (laughs) for x amount of years now but fuck it what the hell else are we doing right now anyway i played so much in those first three days that (laughs) literally sprained my fucking finger my my trigger finger on my right hand that's not why you sprained your finger (laughs) 
Oh, it like hurt. I was like, I have to take a couple of days off of video games because it just like really hurts. No, it like I redownloaded it and and had it on the thing, and and Gina saw it on the PlayStation dashboard and went, "What's Rocket League?" And it was like that the most basic description you can have, like it's football with cars. <laughs> but it's just so much more than that because it's like the crazy physics and you can customize every game and you can change. Like, I don't know if you've played about of it too much in a different game modes, but there's like an ice hockey mode. Yeah, the hockey one is good. The basketball one sucks. It's awful. Um, <laughs> you can make the ball a cube. Uh, you can make it oh. massive. You can uh, change the gra- gravity physics so the ball basically floats for miles and miles and miles and never comes down. Or you turn the gravity up really high so it pings about everywhere. Um, all the games, like it's 3v3 and they're five minutes long. Actually, I've been doing a lot of 2v2 online because I find it's more fun. When you get a good understanding with like, it's almost impossible to get any sort of teamwork going with three people on that are just total strangers online. So everybody just ends up chasing the ball like five-year-olds. But when I've been playing 2v2 for the last couple of days now, you really do develop a like, okay, he's going to go forward, I'm going to hang back, or she's going to go forward, or I'm going to take my turn. And there's a lot more actual teamwork happening on the 2v2 games. And it's super, super, super fun. So try that out. I don't know if you if you like even knew that. That would be like the perfect game, Ian, for like Finley to get as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you, you and Finley could play because you you can pick it up for like six, seven pounds. Okay. I mean, obviously, Switch is probably a bit more because it's a it was modern twenty console. bucks on the Switch. Okay, so Dollars. you probably get it for about fifteen, right? Ish, fifteen, twenty quid here. And can you play online on the Switch, like cross platform or? Mm-hmm. It's cross platform. Yeah, platform, cross platform across everything. So like PC, Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch are all playing online. Oh, maybe I'll have a look with each yeah. other. Um, and it's super kid friendly. There's only like three buttons. But alike with many things that are very, very simple, you can get really good easily. How how good are you at controlling the cars in midair, Oscar? I'm getting there. I scored a bicycle kick goal on purpose nice. the other day. <laughs> I was like, like, I went in. I was charging late into the box because I knew the cross was coming. Classic. Of I, course. I overshot, <laughs> so I like the ball was like floating slowly. You know, if you've played Rocket League, yeah. you know that it's like taking forever to come down because of this fucking yeah. floatingness of the ball. Most of the, of the ball. time, as you jump to it, you get smashed out of the air. Right. So I just pulled a U-turn real quick, drove back towards the opponent's goal, and then flipped backwards. Did a backflip instead of a front flip. Bang in off the laces, perfect. I didn't even shin it. Fuck Wayne you didn't Rooney. Shin it. I was gonna say, did you Rooney it? In? <laughs> no, no, perfect in Proper. like backflip, uh, bicycle kick goal. I shot up out of the couch, screaming like a madman. Emily was like, "What's going on?" I was like, "It's got a bicycle kick." She's like, "It's it's Hot Wheels cars with turbo packs." <laughs> like, what are you? You're not, why are you so excited? I was like, "Nah, you'd you'd get it. You'd get it if you played." You know. And uh, and then the other one is shorter. Um, but it's been really good for people that have Disney Plus subscriptions. They are putting out week by week a documentary on the making of The Mandalorian season. It's been very high quality. They've gotten a lot of different groups of people to sit down at a round table and basically discuss. So they got all of the directors on one episode. They got all the people who are like making the Disney level decisions on one episode. They had all the actors on one episode. And just hearing them talk about the making of, there's a bunch of episodes, if you're only going to watch one, and I do recommend everyone watch this one, even if you're not going to watch the rest of it, the episode about the technology that they used to film this fucking show blew my mind. 
they developed a bunch of new technologies for specifically Mandalorian to be able to essentially make movie level quality stuff because if you watch Mandalorian it feels like a movie without having to go around and build a bunch of different sets or film at a bunch of different locations so that they could bang out a whole season of a show quickly and so what they basically did is they built honestly it's like a fucking holodeck like if you've watched Star Trek Next Generation it's one room and it's a dome of screens basically and then they use the Unreal Engine and technology they incorporated technology from video games technology from ILM and like actual movie stuff um, and green screens. And instead of having green screens and like a fixed set, basically as they move the camera around, it knows where it exists within the space of the giant dome. Nice. And so it changes the angles for these super HD screens behind them. So stuff that you didn't realize isn't getting shot in a physical room. Yeah. Or on set or on location. Like a lot of the desert stuff, they just poured sand on the ground and then we're just in this one space walking in different angles and shooting from different angles. Um, Cantina scenes where you're like, they built a cantina and they're just sitting in a cantina and it's like, no, one table and then basically a digital, like it's like they're recording in VR, but with people without needing a VR headset. It's so fucking cool. I'm not even doing a good job of explaining it particularly. Watch that episode. The technologies that they developed to make The Mandalorian will blow your mind. Stuff that, like, you would not at all have assumed that it was CG or it wasn't physically in the room with them. The actors kept complaining that they kept almost walking into the wall because they couldn't see where the ground ended and it became the screens because it was so seamless that they were like, it felt like being outside and I could I felt uncomfortable walking because I didn't know when I would walk into the wall. Like amazing, amazing stuff. So definitely worth the forty five minutes or half hour or whatever just to see how they filmed that show. So cool. Science. No, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. That sounds incredible and something we've we spoken about before. Um so that about wraps us up for this week. We've done Oh, we've packed in a lot, haven't we? Wide ranging. Wide ranging and veering. Uh Get in touch with us on the socials, uh, should you wish to, on Twitter at MilesOffsidePod. Um, as mentioned before, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash MilesOffsidePod. Throughout the uh, coronavirus pandemic and being no football, we had suspended all payments on that. Um, with football coming back, we are looking to bring that back in, in July. So obviously this is kind of a month's notice. If you did still want to come on board, you are more than welcome. You can join us on the Slack. There's plenty of good chats that's been going on there. Um and just be safe out there, guys. Look after one another. Don't be a prick. Black lives matter. And that about wraps us up. So, thank you very much, Ian. Thank you, sir. Take care, Oscar. Take care. And take care to each and every one of you out there. Bye. Miles Offside is a Nate Whittam and Mark Howells production.